Why is everybody dying? Because uh, you're dealing with someone in the midst of a cold and someone who got over a cold but is still suffering some side effects from it. You better not, like, drag me down with you. I won't. <coughs> I'm past the stage. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because contagious begins at the beginning. Contagious begins with C. And C is for cookie. It's, it's good, good enough, enough for me. me. Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. Um, I've decided there's entirely too much testosterone on this podcast, so I, I brought in some 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 girls and me because I don't have any testosterone. Also, I'm I'm female now. I was gonna say you're one of us, David. Come yeah, on. I know. One of Come us. On. One of us. <laughs> No, the, you'll, you might notice, like I said, you'll notice a distinct lack of, of dead palate and Alan in this particular one. That's because um, um, Alan, well, Alan is, Alan's around, and Alan and I will be recording something a little later, but uh, dead palate is very sick and uh, cannot record. His voice is gone. It's my fault because uh, I, no. You breathed into the microphone. You yeah. Gave, you got him sick through the interwebs. Exactly. You know what? No, no, no. It was you who got sick, because you're the one who's been talking to him lately, and then you got me sick, and now you got Brandon sick. So you're patient zero. Yeah. I am patient zero. You are patient zero. Luckily, you're immune. I, I better be. I'm a redhead. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, I thought for those of you not in the know, uh, I will let me introduce my, my co-hosts this evening. Of course, uh, Kayla, the OG co-host, is back. Hi. And is recovering nicely from her illness. Yay. Sort of. And then, uh, and uh, I think the last time you were on was when we did the Happy Happy, right? No. I was on, I came in on an asteroid from outer space. It's been a while. Oh, and we just locked in to find yeah. you there with that same look. That's right. You were here for, for Reagan Readers. Yes. yes. Right. So you decided to stay on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good gig here. It is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Rachel Hansen. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Uh, so Rachel's here with us tonight. Uh, we, uh, Rachel is playing a part in an upcoming uh, Midnight Marinara episode, which by the time this goes up, it might already be out. I don't know for sure. The scheduling's weird like that. Yes, scheduling tends to happen oddly. <laughs> It'll already be out at this point, actually. So since she was here, I thought, hey, let's all get together and have a sit down and read a story from the, our... From our patron's poison vault. Yay! Ooh. Get us more sick, shall we? Yes, exactly. That's my plan. So, the story we have been sent was sent to us by mm. our good friend, Summer McKinney, and it is called Mrs. Willison's Homemade Jam. Ooh. It is a no sleep story. And, and it actually doesn't have like a no sleep title either. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, and I should mention that, um, I should mention that uh, Summer writes, This story fucked me up. <laughs> it's worth a read even if you don't end up doing it on UCA and then responds with probably one of my favorites I've suggested so far well Summer you've suggested some good ones that we've enjoyed reading uh, even if we don't necessarily like the stories themselves so I guess we'll see how this one goes do we all have it queued up? Yep. yes thank you Summer for suggesting this but we'll see if it fucks us up in the same way let's right. have Rachel start because she is the guest woo that's true. All right, Rachel. <clears throat> All right. As a child, I was a picky eater, like I assume most children are. As my parents tell it, my eating habits transcended normal childhood proclamations of, I don't like broccoli, and evolved into a refusal to eat absolutely anything of substance. 
things other children might eat and enjoy like chicken nuggets, spaghetti, come on, how do you not like spaghetti, <laughs> or even a hot dog were shunned by toddler me. It got to the point, they say, where they and my pediatrician became concerned for my health. Uh, this is the point where they coat a small amount of it in cream cheese and shove it down your throat. Uh, our poor dog. Hi, Gracie. Gracie's here, too, but she'll be fairly quiet. You might hear her snort on occasion because she is a pig. Um, um, but, the, I mean, isn't that a lot of kids, though, they tend to be very picky eaters? I mean, I mean, nowadays I can eat whatever and whenever, but as a kid, like, um, when it came to, like, eating foods, like, I was definitely a meat, cheese, and bread person, like, and nothing else. Like, if I ordered a burger, I'm like, I just want meat, cheese, and bread. Yeah, it was me too, though. But this person doesn't like chicken nuggets. There's obviously something wrong with them. Hey, all kids love chicken nuggets. I mean, yeah, I like chicken nuggets as a kid. I also like spaghetti. Um, hot dogs were... I was Even obsessed with corn dogs. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was the kind of kid who, as a, as a kid, uh, would... Get, said he loved pepperoni pizza, but would get the pizza pick all the pepperoni off of it, eat the pepperoni separately, and then not touch the pizza very much. That changed eventually, but this was talking really little David, like like minuscule fetus David. So the weirdness seed was planted early. It was, it was. I loved broccoli as a kid, though, So did which I. which is also weird. Actually, I, I would... I loved broccoli. Raw broccoli? Oh, mm. that was some good I, I need to leave this room. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> I was so also... Sorry. Well, I also grew up in Portland, Oregon, too, or like the Portland, Oregon area, and... It, any person from Portland can tell you they have some of the best food ever. So, like, I actually ate sushi at, like, three years old. And mm -hmm. I ate Chinese food as a little kid, too. Like, I loved fish as a kid. See, like, I've always hated fish. Some fish. Most fish. So it's, I've, I've acquired a taste for fish now. So, it was weird. Like, I had this, like, uh, I had a little kid taste where it's like, I want mac and cheese and a burger with just meat, cheese, and bread, and that's it. And then also I would eat, like, sushi and, uh, with, uh, like, shrimp rolls and stuff like that. Well, at least your, your menu didn't say anything. At least when you went to a restaurant, you didn't order chicken nuggers or <laughs> sweer potatoes or French fried. That's an old meme right there. I, uh, I, I'll go next. Cause yeah, go ahead. Ladies first, let's, let's, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm a, as we've established already. Oh, that's right. I'm a, I'm a lady, too. Like, uh, this is, this is a... The, this is we we've co-opted yeah. the lady to lady in, in, podcast. There's no testosterone in this in, room. In that case, age before none. Age before beauty. Ouch! You know I'm gonna be 29 soon. I know that's why I'm saying it. Ah! Oh, I'm a baby. Dave is getting old. What a drag it is getting old. Your his grandparents actually gave him a mug that says 29. Believe it or not, on yes. My grandparents have a sense of humor. Go ahead, Kayla. I stopped growing properly, failing or falling, falling well below the typical percentiles for children's heights and weight, and the rest of my development seemed stunted as a result. Phrases were tossed around like failure to thrive and to feed. In the end, my parents were forced to feed me calorie-loaded milkshakes made with nutrient-enriched formula every night in a bid to get me to gain weight. Honestly, I don't know how they put up with it. I sound like I was a little shit. <laughs> a kid who's that picky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I get it. I just realized this story is about a young Brandon Patrick. Oh my god. <laughs> Everything is clear now. <laughs> the milkshake regime extended past toddlerhood and into my childhood. 
At five years old, I was still refusing to eat food, despite the countless nights my parents sent me to bed hungry for refusing to even try my dinner. I was still small for my age and spent more than a little time in the hospital due to the starvation of my body. My parents would later tell me they were sure I would be taken away by the state because of how emaciated I appeared. Thankfully, they were constant. They were, they were in constant contact with doctors who monitored the situation, so there was undeniable proof that my case wasn't due to neglect. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, if your child is <clears throat> showing obvious signs of starvation, yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> All right. At six years old, when I should have been starting school, I was still a small kid. My body never received enough nutrients to properly grow, despite my forced feedings. And as a result, my speech and physical movements were, stun were stunted, leaving me a six-year-old that behaved more like a three-year-old. Again, I don't know how my parents coped. Again, you, you cope by force-feeding your child, like literally shoving stuff down their throat. It says that, though. It says despite my forced feedings. Oh, besides forced feeding. It sounds, so it's even more... Yeah. Actually, this is kind of unfortunate. This yeah, is, we're talking about like a serious... A Serious deficiencies here, man. I mean, this was probably very difficult for... But it's, like, something in their past, like, that they say, yeah, this is a weird thing I did as a kid. Yeah. It is interesting. I am legitimately interested mm -hmm. now. Well, so. it feels realistic, too. Right. I remember the day I discovered a food I actually liked. It was September 22nd, 1997. I was at the grocery store with my mother, sitting in the child seat of the cart, because my frail legs couldn't handle walking for too long. Mother looked tired and weary, and I can't remember staring at the deep lines that etched... Oh, I can remember staring at the deep lines that seemed etched in her face as she pushed the cart silently through the small store in an attempt to feed something, anything that could tempt me to eat. And then I saw it. A jar of jam. I'd tried jam before and hated it. The texture, the stickiness, the overwhelming sweetness, vile. But this jar, it seemed different to my six-year-old mind. I pointed it out to my mother. My bony finger extended to the glass jar with a plain white label that read, Mrs. Wilson's Homemade Jam. What? So, oh, what, sweetie? What do you see? My mother's voice was almost as weary as her face as her eyes followed the, my outstretched hand. When her gaze landed on the jar, her head snapped back toward me like a, it was a <coughs> lace, elastic? <coughs> Elasticated. Elasticated. That's a weird... Yeah, that's a... I've... I've never heard that word before. You didn't read it, actually. I've heard elastic. Yeah, I've heard elastic. That's an odd... Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, it's fine. You want that, Marky? The excitement in her voice was barely contained. You want to try that? I nodded my head. My mother grabbed the jar of jam off the shelf faster than I'd seen her move before. She even smiled. I couldn't remember the last time I saw her do that. Hallelujah. The clouds part. Her mother smiles, <laughs> shining through. Uh, I'll read the next one because that was short. Yeah. We paid for the jam and left the store without so much as bothering to shop for the rest of our groceries. Mother hurried me out of out to the car, excitedly strapping me into the seat before placing the jar of jam in the front almost reverently. This was the first time I was actually showing interest in food. She was thrilled. It's your turn, hun. No, oh, no, it's, it's mine. It's mine, sorry. The town I grew up in was small, populated by a mere 350 people. The drive from the grocery store to my house took under five minutes. Really, we could have walked if I wasn't so frail. When we got home, Mother excitedly ushered me into the house with the jar of jam clenched tightly in my hand. <coughs> immediately, <coughs> immediately, she sat me at the table as if she were afraid I'd suddenly changed my mind and refused to try what I had picked up. While my mind and gaze were focused on the jar, 
It didn't look like the other jars I had tried. It didn't seem lumpy or thick, and there were no seeds. Something about it intrigued my dull little mind, though I can't explain what it was even now. Here, Marky, you want to try this? My mother held out a spoon laden with jam. It was a deep red and seemed to glisten under the kitchen lighting. I remember taking the spoon carefully and raising it to my face, peering at it closely. Anxiously, my mother waited. Are, are we calling it now that uh, Mrs. Wilson's homemade jam is people? Oh, God. There's definitely something. It, it, like, <laughs> if it's a creepypasta, something's got to give. <clears throat> well, I know that, but I'm like, I'm already like, in a, in a in a cliche story, it'd be people. Yeah. But what if it's going to turn him into something? What if oh. he becomes a monster? What if he becomes Jam? <laughs> he he just Marky, loops himself. Marky is, is at the computer, glopping his Jam self all over the keyboard in order to get this down so the world will know. Don't do it. Don't eat the Jam or you will be Jam too. Or maybe he be, it suddenly makes his stomach so he has to keep eating and eating jam over and over and nothing can satiate his... Buy jam to see jam. Mm-hmm. Unending hunger for jam. <laughs> Jellies and all gelatin. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do we think? I Luckily, I mean, the the voice itself does literally sounds like a adult, but luckily it's looking back. Mm-hmm. So it's okay for this person to sound more mature, I would say. Yeah, no, I mean, I I assume our protagonist survives. I mean, they're talking about how, like, man, I was an annoying kid. Yeah, exactly, so. (laughs) Slowly my tongue darted out to taste it. I can't even describe to you what the first taste was like. Imagine the most amazing thing you've ever eaten coupled with the most euphoric you've ever felt that would... And that would get you close to what the experience of tasting that jam was for me. Mm-mm. I ate everything off the spoon in seconds and silently asked for more. My mother, with tears in her eyes, handed me another spoonful, which I lapped up eagerly. After my fifth spoonful, my mother was openly sobbing and dashing for the phone to call my father and tell him the wonderful news. It's the jam! The jam has done it! It's a miracle! Meanwhile, I, rem- uh, I remained <coughs> entranced by the jam. As a child, I wouldn't have been able to describe the taste to you, my palate being limited as it was. But as an adult, I can tell you that it's a deep, rich flavor, a combination of sweet and savory that was perfectly balanced. It didn't taste like strawberries or raspberries, but a combination of the two mixed with some sort of saltiness that seemed to heighten it. I suppose it's a lot like how some people like salted caramel. The combination of sweet and salty, it was bliss. Mm. My father stopped by the grocery store on his way home from work and bought another jar. And so for the next two weeks, that became the only thing I ate. I would have jam for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, followed by my enhanced milkshakes in the evening. My parents were filled. They hoped my sudden liking of this food would lead to liking other foods, too. All I gotta say is this kid's gotta have some weird poops. <laughs> and yes, I totally just said that. That's why I knew. It wouldn't be an undercooked analysis episode if someone didn't bring up bowel movements and stools in some form. <laughs> I just didn't expect it from this particular crowd. That's true. But you're carrying on, honorary Alan. I, I, I have to bring in the tradition. I mean, someone's got to evoke it. Turkey vultures. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, then one day. When mother, and fa- when mother and I went to the grocery store to buy more of my jam, we found the spot on the shelf where it usually sat empty. Mother, slightly panicked, rushed to the front of the store to ask the clerk if they had any more of Mrs. Willison's homemade jam. Sorry, we're all out right now. My mother's face fell and she threw a worried glance in my direction. When will you get more? 
The clerk scratched his beard thoughtfully. We'll see, it's actually made by a local lady, Miss Wilson. She sold it to Hector to resell in the store. She, she said she only had so many jars available. No one else seems to like it but your boy there. Did I skip you earlier, Kayla? I think I might, we might have inadvertently skipped you. That's fine. Honestly, if you haven't noticed, my voice has been kind of scratchy, so... Well... It's because I made a comment in between you guys reading <laughs> That's what happened. It threw me off. But, that's, I mean, I want to be able to save your voice if possible. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this. No problem. I was beginning to grow irritable from being in the cart and not having my jam for lunch. My fussing drew mother's attention, and she stared at me worriedly. It's interesting. We don't... The kid's around six still, right? Because it's yeah. only been two weeks. I was just going to say that. He's a very... Well, he did say he acted more like a three-year-old. Right, yeah. right. Because his mental, both his physical and mental yes. like growth have been Because he in. didn't eat basically any much. Mm -hmm. uh, but another thing that's weird is like, this is a town of 350. How have they not heard of Mrs. Wilson before? Yeah, this is such a tiny town. It's like... That's like the same size as like my graduating class. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, I think, which, which is weird. My mom comes from a small town, but hers is like... Like, her growing up was, like, under a 1,000, and okay. that's insane. 350 is nothing. So I'm surprised, like, because everybody, my mom knows everyone, almost everyone in that small town. I mean. How the heck just. So that's true with the small town my dad lives in now. Like, everybody knows my dad. Yeah. Yeah, your dad is in a very small town as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there any way I could get Mrs. Willison's address or phone number? That jam is the only thing Mark will eat. Marky Mark will only eat jam. <laughs> like is common in most small towns, everyone knows the business of everyone else. So the Except Mrs. Willison, uh, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So the clerk was aware of my parents' struggles in getting me to eat. He must have felt sympathetic towards my mother's sudden stress because he searched in the back office for the invoice that held Miss Willison's address. That afternoon, Mother and I sought out the elusive jam maker... She lived in a cottage on the outskirts of town in a gingerbread-style house... Okay, outskirts of town. Yeah. So, like, far... Okay, so... Of a, in a gingerbread-style house that would be described as idyllic nowadays. When Mother knocked on the, knocked the door, a young woman answered. Oh, wow. that She was small with a blonde hair and a tight bun and a sad face. I kind of like that it's like... I was expecting a very old woman to, come, yeah. to be Mrs. Willison. That's kind of what I thought. I pictured a granny... You know? When there's someone selling jams, you always picture an old... Like, my grandma would make jams. Yeah, yeah. that's a thought. You know? But it was a young woman. That's actually very interesting. Mm -hmm. Can I help you? Her voice was soft, and years later, Mother would tell me that there was something about Mrs. Willison that was so dejected and forlorn. But desperation is a wonderful motivator, and my mother wanted me to keep eating, so she pasted on a smile and explained the situation to the young woman at the door. Oh, that is so wonderful, Miss Willison exclaimed, smiling for the first time since she came to the door. I'm so happy he likes it. It's an old family recipe, and when Hector said it wasn't selling well, I thought maybe I'd messed up the batch. My mother asked if Mrs. Willison had any more jam, and with a smile, the, mo the woman retreated into her house and returned a moment later with a box. This is the last of it. I've kept a few jars myself, but since it seems so unpopular, I didn't think I was going to make another batch. This is amazing, my mother said, seeming to sag under the weight of the box and the relief she felt. I don't know what it is about this jam that he loves so much. Jam. Miss <laughs> Wilson laughed. I'm just glad I didn't mess it up like I was thinking I had. 
My mother offered to pay the other woman, but she refused, saying that seeing someone enjoy her creation was enough payment enough. We left with a dozen jars. Well, that's a jam windfall right there. Yeah. That's what you call a space jam. This story is certainly jam-packed. This story is a, is a, uh, is a jamboree. Okay, a... guys, we better jam it, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, we managed to stretch those out for several months, though I hated having to ration my precious confection. One day, a few weeks after I turned seven, we saw Mrs. Will- Mil- Millis... I think it's a typo. That's a typo. That's a typo. But no, I'm just going to read it as is Mrs. Millison. Someone turned that W upside down. It's like, <laughs> interesting. Uh, she waved a cheery greeting to my mother and waddled her way over, her round protruding stomach making her slightly off balance. Ooh. Oh. Congratulations, mother exclaimed when they drew nearer. Mrs. Willison thanked her and rubbed her stomach. I stood there wondering if she had any more jam to give me. Oh, she's pregnant. Yeah. Yep. I haven't made any recently, she said. Oh, sorry. Oh. (laughs) You take the short one. It's a short one. I haven't made any recently, she said, in answer to my brisk question. But maybe soon. I was annoyed but resigned. My mother was just happy I had finally started to act like a normal kid who ate and talked. So what if I ate with... with, So what if all I ate was the jam? She thought at least I was eating. A few more weeks passed and we ran out of jam. Oh, no. (laughs) The grocery store no longer stopped it, so mother and I made a... So mother and I made to... Uh, a, I'm reading correctly. I just can't say it. And I made a visit to Mrs. Willison. When she answered the door, I noticed her stomach wasn't round anymore. And she once again looked sad. Oh, oh. no! Wait, wait, wait. Look at that. Uh, we've, it, <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. It's not... Right there, I'm going to put in... I'm going to put cut this <laughs> bit out, and it's going to say, Technical difficulties, please stand by. <laughs> like, that, that, like... Music, like... It's not just people, it's babies. Oh no. It's uh it's 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 miscarried babies. It's mis it's placenta babies. Ew, ew, <laughs> Jim it's placenta babies. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Uh, are we are we're already calling it. I knew it was gonna be something <laughs> we knew it was gonna be something grotesque, but I was like Wow. Holy crap. Okay. So are we, are we all sufficiently done? Uh, vomiting all over the place. Well, I do have to say, if it is like miscarried babies and the placenta, he's getting a lot of nutrients. That's oh. you know that's why it's so miraculous. I like how this hasn't even been revealed yet, but like we already know. That's what we just assume. We already know. I, well, yeah. If it's something else, I'll be surprised. I will be shocked. I, I wish there was. I mean, there's there's I ways mean, to disguise uh, twists uh, like right, this. Already, it's like. Not, it's going against expectation. That's true. I mean, it wasn't like overtly, like it's just like, uh, oh, oh, god, like, yeah. please, I let me be wrong, but we're not wrong. There's, I'm, I'm not gonna, because again, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna stay optimistic for a little bit. You mean that it, you're optimistic that it's not aborted? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that it's not miscarried. Yes. <laughs> it's not. She invited us inside. The offer of jam making me, or having me run into the house before my mother had a chance to reply. I sat patiently at her round kitchen table while she spread jam onto slices of bread. My mother watched in earnest as I looked at the bread suspiciously before picking up and nibbling it. To my relief, the sweet and savory taste of the jam overpowered the bread taste, and I greedily ate it down. My mom sighed in relief, seeing that as another victory in, my, in the battle of my eating habits. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
<laughs> I got my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back. Baby. I ate you. <laughs> I ate several more pieces of bread with jam while Mrs. Willison and Mother talked. I ignored their conversation in favor of eating my treat, occasionally catching words like stillborn and devastated, but paying no mind. Before we left, my mother hugged Mrs. Willison tightly. She didn't have any jam to give me that day, but promised me some soon. I left with a full belly in the anticipation of more of my sweet treat soon. For years, this pattern went on. Mother and Mrs. Wilson developed a sort of friendship. And when we would go to visit every few months, we would, they would sit at Mrs. Wilson's kitchen table and talk while I ate jam. Eventually, Mother would put the jam on other foods to see if I would eat them. I tried chicken, beef, bananas, and apples, all smothered in delicious jam, and I ate every bit. Mother and father practically sobbed in relief. Well, I mean... That's something. Okay, well, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. <laughs> and we kind of know what the other shoe is going to be. I feel like we know what the other shoe is going to well, be. Well, here's the thing. For years, though. But we're talking, how, well, how often can Mrs. Wilson get pregnant? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it would have made notion that she got pre- would get pregnant again, though, wouldn't she? I don't know. Well, they talked about her being looking sad and dejected the first time they saw mm-hmm. her. And then after the... Baby bump went away and she was still sad. It was. It seemed sad again. I'm like, I get the feeling this has happened multiple times. I mean, there's obviously more than just baby in this jam. So she could spread that out for a while. <laughs> mm. The secret ingredient is she could spread it baby. Out oh, God. The secret ingredient is Gracie. No. You already joke about trying to eat her sometime. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Rachel was telling me earlier she jokes about eating her dog. Yeah, all the I joke time. about eating a, my potato of a pug. <laughs> it's time for Harley and Gracie soup. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Delicious. So you just read the last one, right, Kayla? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, uh, is it not kind of like the silver lining to this is that this all these all these sad children that didn't get to exist might be prolonging the life of this one kid, so therefore saving a life. Like, there's a twisted morality okay, okay. thing to this. Okay, it hasn't been confirmed. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I'm, I just, I'm hypothesizing. By the time I was 12, I was eating more foods, but still relied on the jam. If I didn't have jam liberally coating it, then I wouldn't try it. That jam seemed to mask every other flavor, and I used it like other people use ketchup or gravy. In this time, Mrs. Wilson seemed to age quickly, and her br- production of jam slowed. She told me and Mother that it was hard on her body making the jam. <laughs> It was, God, it was a long process and very labor-intensive. I worried about the day when she might no longer make it for me, but she simply patted my head and told me that she'd make it as long as I wanted it. I smiled. By the time I was 18, I was better with food, but still hated the taste and texture of it. Mrs. Wilson's jam was the only food I ever actually liked or wanted to eat of my own accord, and she still supplied me with it. Her frequency of batches lessened to only once a year, or more, but when I finally got those jars of uh, those jars, I type of the rich red goodness. I <laughs> you was almost, you almost put pot that one. I know. I, I miscar. I mean, missed. I hate you. <laughs> I was thrilled. I'm thrilled at this story right now. It, it's really well written. Yeah, it is. I'm actually enjoying this one quite a bit. I'm just, I really want to, I'm really waiting for it. I'm waiting for that vindication. <laughs> After high school was over, I moved away to college, for college. But every time I returned home, I made sure to stop and visit Mrs. Willison. She seemed to grow lonely as she aged. 
and I often wondered where her husband was or if she even had one. When I asked when she did what she did for work, she just said she was in the business of making people happy. I wasn't sure what that meant, but figured it was something to do with her amazing jam. During my visits, we'd talk and catch up, and she would always send me home with jars of jam. I rationed those out back at university, where I was old enough now to know that I needed to eat, but still stubborn enough to hate food besides the jam. God. Jeez. This poor... Again. Poor child. Poor Brandon. <laughs> Brandon has always has said, like, uh, he, he, if he could just eat from, like, a tube or just, uh, like, take a pill, that would make him... It's all it's all yeah. well and good, like, you know, I mean, it's, I can't understand it, but, like, you don't have to enjoy food. You just got to know how it's necessary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't hold it against... Except except if you take Brandon to Jerry's Pizza, and then you watch him have a religious experience. Oh, my gosh. That was it's, amazing. It, it's literally the, the happiest I've ever seen, like, the most blissful I've ever seen a human being. I was like, watching Dead Palette eat a pizza, an entire pizza, by himself from Jerry's, and his face just, like... It was in trance. It looks like he, he was. A, he was eating for like the rest of the year. That's like what it, felt it like. looks like he was entering a sublime. It was. It was. It was literally a nirvana state. It was an altered state. It was very cool. <laughs> More years passed. Despite my usual tendencies as a child, I grew into a rather successful and normal man. I worked in data entry, which is as boring as it sounds, and I'm married to a wonderful woman at, who, at first, was annoyed by my with my weird food habits, but came to accept that I just don't like the stuff. It doesn't matter what it is, I just don't like food. I've never and never, likely will never eat food for the joy of it, unless we count jam, of course. My wife doesn't like it, but she's used to it now, I think. A few weeks ago, uh, we returned home to visit my parents. As I've been doing for years, I made a point to visit Mrs. Willison. She's older now, and time has been unkind to her. Her body seems frail, as if she has carried heavy burdens for years. As she no longer stands up straight. But she still smiled when she saw me and smiled even wider when she met my wife. We had a nice... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We had a nice visit, her getting to know my wife and catching up on what had been happening in my life. Just before I left, she gave me a box of jam. I'm afraid this is it, Mark, dear. Her voice sounded as frail as her body looked, and for the first time, the idea that I could lose Miss Willison popped into my head. Even though she was only in her 50s, she seemed much older. She'd been a part of my life for so long now, I couldn't imagine no longer being able to see her. I'm too old for making jam now, she said with a sigh. My body, it just won't allow it. These things happen. Best to leave it to the young ones. She smiled weakly, but I could tell she was sad. Tears perked my eyes as I set the box of jams, jam jars on the ground and wrapped her frail, frail body in a tight hug. Thank you for sharing your jam with me for as long as you have, I said, then kissed her forehead gently. Mrs. Willison smiled and waved me, waved me and my wife off as we left. That was a few weeks ago. Today I got a call from my mother. She was sobbing uncontrollably. It took me a long time to finally figure out what she was saying, and when I did, hell, I didn't know what to think. I sat there at my kitchen table, still in my pajamas. Pajamas oh. with a Y. I, he might be British. <laughs> What's oh. with all these Brits? Yeah. <laughs> and their spellings. <laughs> still in my pajamas and with a plate of jam toast in front of me while my mother told me Miss Willison had passed away. It appeared she had died several days ago, but no one knew until my mother went for her weekly visit and found the other woman slumped over in her chair. There was nothing they could do. Well, you know, um, is jam more popular in England than it is in... Yeah, it is, from what I remember. Well, I guess normally we would call it jelly, right? <laughs> There's a difference, actually, between jam and jelly. <gasps> 
The more you know. Mm-hmm. I stared at my jam toast and felt numb. <laughs> but that's not the worst of it, Mark, my mom sobbed. What? I asked. What, mom? Oh, God, Mark, what they found. God, I'm sorry. She broke down into an incoherent sobbing again. Here it is. Here we go. Eventually, my father took the phone from her and explained that the police had found it, had found in Mrs. Willison's house when they arrived. I'm still not sure what to think of it. Son, <laughs> I hope you're sitting down for this, my father began. No one knew. No one knew what a crazy, sick bitch she was. I swear. He cleared his throat and sounded like he was fighting back his own tears. I'm just sorry we fed you that shit for so long. My eyes immediately went to the jam. My precious jam. <laughs> My precious. Oh, fuck. I just re- read it. The police searched her house. In the cellar, they found the area where she made her jam. Jesus, son. It was kids. God damn it. It was kids. Her own babies. Oh, my God. No. No. I didn't want this to be true. I I was right. We called it. We called it. You Mm -hmm. didn't want it to be true, but it was true. Yeah. Turns out, Mrs. Willison's jam was homemade in a very literal sense. She had, a year before I I ever tried her jam, gotten pregnant and then miscarried at home. Apparently, it created some sort of mental break in her brain, and for God knows what reason, she decided to incorporate the baby, fetus, whatever, into her jam. She cooked it with the berries, strained it, and took care to make sure not to not have any fragments of the fi- fragments in the final product. That's why it always was so perfectly clear and free of seeds. It was also why it took so long for her to make her batches. After that first one, she decided to try again with both the pregnancy, and when that too ended in a second trimester miscarriage, the jam. Well, waste not, want not. (laughs) Oh my god. For over 20 years, Mrs. Willison lived in a cycle of getting herself pregnant, which she apparently achieved by the acting of as a prostitute, holy, in the larger neighboring town, then aborting the pregnancies at home sometime between the 12th and 20th week, when the ingredient was large enough to be made into the batch. Oh, that's even worse. So at that point, it sounds like she was purposefully miscarried. Okay, at yeah. that point, yeah, there's yeah. Th- in my mind, it had to be purposeful at some point. At some yeah, point. I think as soon as she heard about this After kid. the second one, mm-hmm. then it was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's that's you. Oh, it is me? Okay, sorry. That was, um, that was why she only made one batch of jam a year. And why she appeared to age so quickly and harshly. Back-to-back pregnancies will do that to a woman. In the end, when she said her body could no longer support jam making, she was telling the truth. Women in their 50s don't often get pregnant, and Mrs. Willison was no exception to that rule. My parents were horrified. For years they had been feeding me this stuff. For years they had been gleefully shoveling this jam into my system, ignorant of the fact that it was made with human remains. They had been so thrilled that when I had started eating normal food, so thrilled when six-year-old me had pointed to that jar of jam and had taken to it so eagerly. My mother apologized profusely on the phone through her sobs. When the call ended, I looked down at the plate of jam toast in front of me, studying the deep red spread with its flawlessly smooth consistency and the sweet, savory combination of it that had been the only food I had ever actually enjoyed in my life. Okay. Do we think he's going to keep eating it, or do you think he's going to put the toast down? You know what? I. You know what? There's actually a few more paragraphs. Who knows? Oh my! I. I, 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 It might be. I think it might be. My vote is that he's going to keep eating it. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to keep eating it. When the call ended, I looked down at the plate of jam toast in front of me. Oh, wait. Oh, that she just said that. Oh, sorry. 
Silently, I rose from my chair and went to the cellar where I stored my box of jams. Mrs. Willison made 12 jars out of each batch, and I had learned to stretch that very carefully over the years. I still had 11 remaining. Carefully, I looked through the <coughs> box, taking out each and every jar and inspecting it, as if trying to see the tiny particles of unborn children that had been cooked <laughs> into each one. Oh my god. At the very bottom of the box, I found an envelope. Oh, here we go. No. I reached for it with a shaking hand and pulled out a letter from Miss Willison. It was short, not saying much, but I smiled to read it all the same. I've always had issues with food. I don't know why. Most children grow out of their picky eating, and to some extent, I did too. I learned over time that I need food to live, though eating it brings me no joy and often makes me sick if I find a texture or taste I can't stand. Mrs. Wilson's jam saved me. It, had been, it has been the first and only food I ever liked, the only one I would willingly and gladly eat. And in that envelope that I found at the bottom of my last box of jars, the last batch Mrs. Wilson made... I found her legacy to me, something she wanted me to have before she died because she said I was the bright spot of her life and she had done this all for me. Oh boy, here we go, guys. <coughs> the sound of my wife moving around upstairs manages to reach me in the basement. She's awake late because she's had a difficult time sleeping lately. Whistling to myself, I put the index card back into the envelope and leave my box of jam in the same place as before. Then, I climb the stairs to the kitchen where I find my wife standing at the stove, scrambling eggs. Oh no! <laughs> she turns to me and smiles, her hair tousled from sleep and her face serene, not yet twisted up in agony due to her morning sickness. She turns, oh god. She turns and kisses me and I feel so the soft swell of her pregnant stomach against my body. Our last trip home had been a surprise to, been to surprise my parents with the pregnancy. She's 12 weeks now, so she's safe to say it's, uh, so it's so she says it's safe to tell people the news. Of course my parents were thrilled. So was Mrs. Willison, which is why I think she left me the recipe. I think if I push her hard enough, I might be able to get my wife to make some jam for me. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as, he, you know what? as soon as he found the envelope, I'm like, he left. She left him the recipe. It's the jam oh recipe. Oh my god. Uh, you know See, what? that was the real twist. See, that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, you know what? Okay, I kind of, that's the good twist. Like, <laughs> it is a good twist. That he actually, instead of being dis disgusted, he keeps wanting to uh, make it. Because he's like, I can't, I hate food. I just want jam. He's going to eat his own babies. Yeah. Hey. It's better than eating other people's babies. It's homegrown. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, it's organic. Oh. I love the fact hey, that... Hey, you know, you, you know the source. Oh, you know, my God. You can trust the source. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I never thought we'd actually do an episode that had that's so heavily about eating babies. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's... Okay. Wow, I really enjoyed this. I yeah, I did too. I, it's really well written. I, did too. I, I am surprised. I'm also happy because the last time I was here and did this, the one we read wasn't even a story. No, it was awful. It I'm was sorry. like a spewing of information that wasn't even <coughs> good. Like, oh, the was... Google, the Google conspiracy. Yeah, one. the yeah. Google conspiracy. That was lame. <laughs> this one, uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, this was posted on Reddit by Familial Dichotomy. So, wow. There's really not much I have to say criticism-wise of this story. I think it's morbidly... It's it's delight... It's, it, it's definitely it, makes you go, ooh, 
Ooh, you know what's delightfully morbid. You know what like, this it's kind of morbid of just like, oh, that's so horrible, but it it's so creative. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like one of, uh, the, and this is one of the reasons I genuinely like it. I didn't want it to be that twist because it's like, oh god, because you guys make so many baby eating jokes. <laughs> Wait, on undercooked analysis? Just in general, though. Like, I know you do make uh, eating baby jokes. Uh, but <laughs> babies are delicious. And clearly, this narrator knows what's up. Deliciously yeah, but, nutritious. But it, it does taste just like jam. It, it, it reminds me of a rolled doll adult short story. Like if you think about it, because that sounds like something he would write, and that's a twist at the end. It's like, dude, that is amazing. Oh, I love that stuff. Oh man. So let's shall we give this our freshness ratings? <laughs> if you have any final thoughts. Oh my thoughts? gosh. <sighs> <laughs> I give this a I give this a Smucker's <laughs> Raspberry Preserve out of Pepperidge Farm Remembers. I give this Actually, you know what? No, go ahead, go ahead. Do yours. I I give this a placenta. <laughs> Out of, <laughs> out of smothered on biscuits. Oh, oh, oh man! It, it, you know, placenta is really good for you. Oh god! Apparently, it's very it's got full, full of nutrients. Some I mean, some cultures they 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 do that. They like will make they will eat the someone afterward will eat the placenta. Like of like birds and stuff like that, not kids. No, not the kids, but like ritualistically. No, I know. This got this is interesting. Which is funny. Ra- Rachel, <laughs> what kind of freshness rating do you want to give this? Uh, I would give this spread on toast out of spread on bagel. And I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, and say that uh, this uh, overall this story <laughs> is a is a uh, dead palate at Jerry's Pizza experience. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's good times. Wow. Okay, uh, Ellen Summer, thank you again for sharing this story. And if you want to share stories with us on Undercooked Analysis, you want to suggest stories, the best way to do it would be to uh, join our Patreon and at any level, any level you want. And we have a nice little thread known as Choose Your Poison. You can uh, submit a story. It could be your story. It could be a story you like. And no matter how long it takes, eventually we will get to it. Well, you guys will usually, or will do the shorter stories first because they're the easiest ones. We, we tend to do the shorter ones first. And people can make multiple suggestions. Just the speed at which we get to them can be a little bit uh, mixed. Uh, but I, I recommend it if you want to do that because sometimes we'll discover hidden gems. And this is actually, you guys are helping us move forward. I It's nice to read a story like this that it has this really delightfully morbid I like angle this. to it. The story re- is very good. Like, like the only cu- things I was upset about was like those couple of flaws. Just, and that's and they're typos. They're, they're typos. typos. That's it. Yeah. Like the, the story itself is amazingly written. The development, the character development is awesome. I totally can see why this character would choose to go this way. Oh, definitely. It's like everything, the buildup and everything to it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Wow, this is a good story. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely had a very good execution and flow to it. It wasn't like... Could you do a Midnight Marinara out of this? <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, it's possible. I, but we've already given away the twist here. 
There's yeah. not a lot that would happen in the story. That's the only thing. But I mean, I feel like the radio play. A radio play has to be more. Yeah, because it's action packed. Also, a lot of. Also, um, I mean, it could be a radio play, but I think more heavy on atmosphere. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's not exactly atmospheric as we'd like to. Because no, it, it's but it's it, it's perfect in the context it is, which is a recounting of this guy who is now just like. Mm, you know it, what's more important? My taste buds. Yeah. My taste buds are more important than my baby. Oh, yeah. It, this would require a lot of narration. So Yeah. The, with the radio play, the hope is not to have as much narration. Yeah, that's my goal. So um, why don't we wrap up with some plugs? Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug on the... Anything they want to share? Any projects they're working on? Not as this point, no. Animusings, maybe? Oh, yeah, we're working on Animusings. Yeah, if you want to check out Kayla and I's other podcast, one of our other podcasts here on the Benview Network, you can check out Animusings, where we talk about Disney movies, and it's great. Rachel, you got anything you I want to am, promote? I am sadly lacking in the um, internet activities of my own, so... That's okay. You can check out Rachel's most recent work with us, besides here on the in November's episode of Midnight Mary and Hera. Yay! And uh, also, uh, I mean, you do cosplay and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can you can not reveal where that info is. If I, you don't I want could to. casually not plug myself. <laughs> you could casually not do. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Let's. Rachel's good at it, though. I'll just say. Anyway, uh, so keep on, <laughs> keep on jamming, everybody. <laughs> and uh, if you have any closing thoughts, closing comments, now's the time to put them in there before I, I go back to the basement to get back to work on my uh, my own cooking projects. Oh my god! No, I'm not as creative as Mrs. Wilson. Don't worry. Oh, there you are, Gracie. Where's that big pot again? <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Brendan. I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. And we're the hosts of Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. So, Aaron, what is Doughboys? Doughboys is this podcast hosted by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, who are two hilarious comedians, where they talk about chain restaurants every single week. So, wait, what's Faux Boys then? Faux Boys is a podcast hosted by Aaron, Brendan, Brian, and Rob, four hilarious comedians who talk about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. Are we going to go to the same chain restaurants that the Doughboys are going to? I sure hope so, but if we don't, we're still going to record an episode. Do they have chain restaurants in Canada? <laughs> Some of them. So, tune in to Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants on BenviewNetwork.com every two weeks to listen to Faux Boys, the podcast about the podcast about chain restaurants. Hey, does Feral Audio know we're doing this? This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.